This is Skipper Albert Awal, the voice of the jungle, broadcasting on the DVC to all points unknown. Amigos, Romans, and Disneylanders, stop walking while I'm squawking. Caramba, we have something really big for you today. Hello and welcome back to Off Harbor and Maine. I'm Joel Covey, and I'm joined by my close friends, as always, to discuss Disney theme parks and more. And I'm joined by Beth. Hello, adventurers. Matt. Welcome back. And Derek. Hello, explorers. So we left off on our last episode talking about a few attractions and characters relating to the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, and also talked about its storied beginnings. We touched upon its inspiration from the Adventurers Club at Pleasure Island and discussed its origins from Fortress Explorations and Magellan's at Tokyo Disney Sea to Hotel Hightower, aka Tower of Terror, which opened in Japan in 2006. We later jumped to Hong Kong Disneyland to discuss Lord Henry Mystic and his Mystic Manor, then Barnabas T. Bullion at Big Thunder Mountain. If you haven't already listened to part one, we definitely recommend starting there first. But today, we'll skip our drinks at Virtual Tropical and I and head right into part two. We just finished talking about how unscrupulous several of these sea members were. So let's set sail and get back to it. Speaking of some unscrupulous characters, uh, there is one also that took place over at Hong Kong Disneyland. But first... Also at Hong Kong Disneyland, they like Halloween in a sense where they're not afraid to do some scary stuff. Kind of (laughs) shockingly scary for Disney and some kind of demented stuff that they've been doing for their Halloweens over there. Because they actually have haunted houses there and mazes opposed to the parks in the States. But in 2014, they actually had the Horrors of Amazon attraction or maze at Hong Kong Disneyland. This also was a haunted house that was about sea and the cursed treasure. Okay, so Horrors of the Amazon was uh, actually a stage show, and it featured somebody called Jonas Brisbane, um, who was an explorer and a jungle cruise skipper from the uh, Jungle Navigation Company. Um, So the interesting thing about this is... So basically his story is that he wants to join C. He is not yet a member of C and he would like to join. Um, His uncle was obsessed with the Amazon and went on all these expeditions and then mysteriously disappeared. So he has his uncle's journal and he used that journal to try to search for his uncle. And along the way, he found a lot of different strange creatures and weird oddities and all this kind of thing and a witch doctor which will which comes into play eventually but the story is actually that the you as the audience are members of C coming to see his his presentation to you to try to get into C which is interesting because it kind of puts the audience in the place of being the C members and basically he shows a bunch of different creatures that he's found and of course something goes horribly wrong and at the end of the show he ends up mysteriously disappearing, and and that's that's the show. But they the, all disappear. They all they all <laughs> end up disappearing. He he angered the witch or the he angered the witch doctor, I guess. So <laughs> that was not a good idea on his part. Um, but yeah, the interesting thing is that he was not a C member, but it does revolve around C because you, as the audience, were the you were there to observe and see if he deserved to be in C. But who knows what happens because he's gone. 
So he wanted to be in C and then just disappeared and never got his. He chance. disappeared because you know what? He didn't. He was not respectful <laughs> of the items of Dick. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hong Kong Disneyland, just a year after, followed it up with a uh, Halloween overlay to their Jungle Cruise. Uh, just so bizarre to me that they did this. Matt, do you have some info on that? Yeah. So they. The Jungle Cruise overlay was called the Curse of the Emerald Trinity. Uh, this whole thing has an insane backstory that even crosses over into like the movie genre because the essentially the main antagonist of the Curse of the Emerald Trinity was a sea member known as Professor Reed, who. <laughs> You guessed it. Was an asshole. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, But, oddly enough, Professor Reed, one of his biggest rivals, is none other than uh, Dr. Henry Jones himself. So cool. He has to be... Come on. They gotta bring in C in the new indie film, right? Right? Make it happen, Disney. Come on. Alright. So, essentially... In a nutshell, the Curse of the Emerald Trinity, Professor Reed is an an archaeologist, and he is going to go find this set of jewels called the Emerald Trinity. They are hidden at the Altar of Souls within the Temple of Immortality, um, which was from a lost voodoo tribe. Um, They say that if you were to escape the jungle with one stone, you would be granted immortality. But it also says that a fate worse than death is the price of failure. So, of course, Reed ends up stealing one of the stones, which then creates supernatural chaos through the jungle. Uh, Vines are moving, there's smoke. Everything's just essentially, lack of a better term, the jungle is losing its shit. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, you know, after all that happens, you know, it's everything kind of, it gets resolved. Essentially, the jewels go back, uh, Reed, however, is kicked out of sea. Uh, and he's also kicked out of other societies and communities which he belonged to because <laughs> because of his crimes. He was actually... Uh, most of his peers were wanting to have him imprisoned. Wow. Uh, there's a... They were giving out uh, papers, like newspapers, during this thing in the park that had stories on it. Uh, and it says in here, too, it says the reporter was able to speak to Lord Henry Mystic, who was a current member of the society. And whilst he would not comment on the reason as to why Reed was expelled from the society, he did have this to say about Reed. He said, he has always had a knack for the nefarious. If these allegations are true, everything must be done to stop him from all future endeavors. The treasures of the past are not something to be pillaged. They are to be preserved for future generations. Impeach Reed! (laughs) (laughs) And that goes totally in line with what Henry Mystic is all about. He's not stealing things like Reed and Hightower. He wants them displayed for generations to see. (laughs) See? Yeah, and, and Henry Jones, you know, this yeah. belongs in a museum. Essentially, well, and then, uh, so, you know, inside the same news article, it does go on to say, it, Reed's current exploration was one of most concern to Dr. Henry Jones. Uh, Dr. Henry Jones issued a stark warning stating, 
Reed is after the Trinity, one of the most precious and elusive artifacts on the planet. He is dabbling in forces he could not even begin to imagine. Uh, which totally sounds like something from the movie. How this... I watched a video of it, and it was a little bit hard to see because it was kind of dark, but there was so much stuff going on. Like, what a cool... And the overlay just took place at night. Yeah. So how cool is that? Hello, Disneyland. Let me... (laughs) But there's also... Get this last little bit from this news article. It says, It was Dr. Jones who first alerted the archaeological community to Reed's alleged nefarious acts. The two archaeologists had been after the same historical find, a solid gold idol believed to be in an Mm -hmm. ancient temple deep in the treacherous jungles of Peru. Love it. Coincidence? Because I wonder who uh, accompanied Dr. Jones to Peru. I wonder. (laughs) This is good stuff. (laughs) It's really good stuff. We'll touch on that one in a little bit. Well... Also happening in the same year, opened over at Disney Springs, we had Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar, which, yes. who wants to talk about that? I mean, I have some stuff. I mean, don't know that. I don't have that much stuff, but I got some stuff. Yeah. So I mean, we don't Jock- need to go all out with Jock yeah. Lindsay. I mean, he was a blip hey, in the movie. <laughs> come on. Jock Lindsay. Okay. So Jock Lindsay, if you don't know who Jock Lindsay is, if you catch the first Indiana Jones film, uh, mm, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You really didn't think about that? I I did. I blinked for a second. Raiders of the Lost Ark. uh, He is Indy's pilot. And And where were they? Peru. Searching for a golden idol. (laughs) Yeah. What? 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 So the story is, is that at some point when Indy and Jock were flying over or doing all of their adventures, he sees this nice little spot, which ends up being eventually Disney Springs, and he makes himself a little bar there when in his off time. Um, did, so, Jock, did Jock get an itch? Yeah, <laughs> he got a little itch. <laughs> wow. it, was, it was when they were looking for the Fountain of Youth, you know, mm-hmm. Ponce de Leon, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we don't know the exact date that Jock joined C, but we do know that it was sometime before the opening of his bar. So he is an official member of C, um, as well as uh, many of the members of the Adventures Club, um, such as Hathaway Brown, Samantha Sterling, and Otis T. Wren were there um, when he opened his hangar bar because we know that because they're in photos all around the bar. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. And then also in the same year, let's stay with Disney World. Uh, we had Skipper Canteen open at Magic Kingdom, which is filled with sea references as well. Okay, so Skipper Canteen is actually the ancestral home of Dr. Albert Falls, you guys. And not only that, he he is now runs the Jungle Navigation Company. So that's kind of their headquarters where they run out of. I should say he did because you know what, guys? He went missing. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. Surprise. He is missing. So if you don't know who Dr. Albert Falls is, he is an adventurer, a traveler, and discoverer of many things, such as the great Schweitzer Falls, named after himself, Dr. Albert Falls. He is known for discovering the eighth wonder of the world. He is. So not only is it now home to the, the navigation company, it is a meeting place for members of C. 
Um, and kind of like Magellan's, there is a meeting room of this where you can actually go and eat, also hidden behind a secret bookshelf. They really like those hidden bookshelves mm -hmm. for, for secret meeting rooms. Um, but this is actually now owned by Alberta Falls, who is Dr. Falls' granddaughter. Um, and there's tons of sea references all over the place. There are maps and books, as Matt was mentioning. Wait, was it this place that had books by... Uh, by, yeah, Henry Mystic. By, by Henry mm -hmm. Mystic. So there's, by, by lots of different um, sea members, there's lots of things found all over the place. Um, a couple of things which we really only see these sea members mentioned here is um, Chef, I'm going to try to say this name, Chef Tandaji, who is a member of sea. Their fez is on display there at the restaurant. Um, and they are known for documenting African recipes. Uh, tell me why this famed chef known for documenting African recipes. Uh, the the dish on the menu named after them is the crispy chicken. Chef Tanji's crispy <laughs> oh, chicken no. on the kids menu. <laughs> like, why? It's delicious. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's that. And then Luana Texiaria. Luana Texiaria. Texiaria. Basically, there's very little information known about her, but her fez is also in the canteen. Based on what we can tell, it looks like she's a photographer. For you know, she goes out and photographs things, and um, she also signed the certificate of discovery that was gifted to Albert Falls when he discovered Schweitzer Falls on August twelfth, eighteen ninety one, before his disappearance. So, lots of little hidden things in there, and a couple of sea members that we haven't really heard discussed yet. Um, I also need to just. Uh, amend something that I was I, I didn't I didn't I forgot it's kind of a important plot point for uh, Garrett Reed um no one knows where he's at did he disappear <laughs> he, he disappeared <laughs> I, I figured I, I, I felt like I should have uh, <laughs> made that very clear they want to bring him to trial but they don't know where he's at <laughs> <laughs> we do see him in the attraction though right he gets like taken by he gets taken by these like roots that like grow out of the ground. Yeah, and, like, there's like this projection yeah. that's up yeah. against a yeah. uh, sheet up against the. I made trees. it seem like everything just went back to normal. It it didn't. He uh, he, he is missing. <laughs> I mean, it was also like you know what. There was 1930s. zombies. 1930s. He's Ew. probably dead by this point. Yeah, he's probably eaten alive. Yeah. There uh, were yeah. there were zombies in that ride. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's. I, I mean I'm sure you guys got that from it, but he's not anywhere to be found. I don't think I want to join C now that I think of it. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little it's dangerous. Iffy. Well, so far it sounds like the only good person in C was Henry Mystic. Everybody else just sounds completely terrible. Well, maybe that was just his cover, though. He could have been just as bad. He was a drug lord. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> he sent out coke in the in the music box. <laughs> well, also in the same year, we're not going to talk about it too much. I just wanted to bring up that it's kind of important with this continuation of C is that they did have the Disney kingdoms comic book series and they had one based on thunder mountain and Jason Chandler where they are featured in there. It's definitely uh, some more C references. I don't know if you had anything more to, to talk about with those, but I, I someday I would like to read all these, especially before things start to get even bigger with the society. Cause I have a feeling this will only continue to grow in uh, 2016. We saw the opening of the Oceaneer Labs on the Disney Cruise Lines, um, where we uh, meet Captain Mary Oceaneer. Yeah, so 
this part was really interesting because, you know, I was really excited to see them extend C to the actual C. Right. <laughs> they did it finally. <laughs> it's finally come full circle. No, but then, you know, um, extending the large presence not only to the parks, but to the cruise line itself. And so it was really cool to see um, the introduction of this new character. Um, her name is Mary Oceaneer. She's actually a captain. And um, she is actually, um, you know, her name is the namesake of the actual Oceaneer Labs and the Oceaneer Club on the Disney Cruise Line. But just to give a little bit of a backstory to Mary Oceaneer, she is actually one of the few female members of the society, which is interesting. And um, she's actually one of the original sea leadership crew from 1899. And I think she's actually featured in the, the portrait that's hanging in um, Mystic Manor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So that's really cool um, to see her featured there. Uh, what's interesting about Mary, you know, I mentioned she's a captain. She has a captain's uniform and a... Um, in, she had a weird affinity for parrots. She loved parrots. How weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it just worked hand in hand with being a sea captain, I guess. But she had two parrots. Um, her first one was named Salty. Um, and then a second parrot named Duncan. I don't know what happened to Salty, but then she ended up replacing Salty with Duncan. <laughs> Bye, Salty. <laughs> he, disappeared. Right? he disappeared. She did name some of her boats, I guess, or ships after Salty. Her, her second boat, um, which I'll get to in a second. But so, yeah, so those were her parrots. Um, but um, Mary, she really was into pirate lore and um, searching for sunken treasure. So that was really her thing. You know, Mary Oceaneer, her maiden voyage was on her first ship called the RV Oceaneer Lab. It was actually the name of her ship. And she disembarked from England on July 30, 1898. And I guess apparently it's an homage to, you know, the um, maiden voyage of the Disney Magic, which, when did that come out or, or sail? 97. 1997? 98. Well, I don't know how that ties into the 1898 <laughs> storyline, but apparently it does. Um, interestingly about her ship, though, so it was equipped with um, an impressive assortment of different, like, diving equipment because she really loved, like I was mentioning, to um, perform, like, Deep sea diving expeditions for sunken treasure, um, you know, exploring different pirate wreckage. She was really into that. And so one of the things she found in one of her deep sea dives was this golden sword and a bunch of buried treasure. Actually, that was found um, on Castaway Key. So that's kind of how they tied it into the storyline to the island of Castaway Key. You know, one of the um, ports that you visit while you're on Disney Cruise Line. Um yeah, and so that was really cool to see. Um, you know, other elements that she's found from her um, explorations was a dead man's chest was one of the things that she recovered from the sea and um, is, I believe, something that you can see um, on Castaway Key. Now, is this, the, is this the dead man's chest from, like, pirates or is it just a dead man's chest? I mean, it's described as the dead man's chest, so I'm assuming it's tied to the. Or, or is it just Probably. a? De- is it a dead man's? Be. Is it a dead man's rib cage? It's some dead man's something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I don't know what ended up happening to her first ship, the Oceaneer Lab, but later on, um, she ended up acquiring a new vessel, and that's the one named after her pirate. I'm um, her parrot, <laughs> <The> pirate parrot. <laughs> 
the MS Salty 4. Um, but she replaced Salty the Parrot with Duncan while she traveled on, on that ship. So, why was it Salty 4? I don't know. <laughs> what happened to Salty 1 through 3? <laughs> so, Derek, when did you say what was the date for her again? Her her maiden voyage, um, she she sailed away on the RV Oceaneer Lab ship on July 30th, 1898. That's what it is. That is the maiden voyage date for the Disney Magic was July 30th, 1998. There you go. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, it all's coming together. Yeah, it's there, just so crazy. This is for a kid's area on the ship. Who and are not going to pay attention. Like, they, they are not, not looking for that. <laughs> the adults aren't even there to look at this stuff. And yet, yeah. look at this backstory. It's so cool. It is so cool. And it's so crazy to think like it's so deep. But yes, like you mentioned, it's tied to this uh, kids play area on the Disney Cruise Line. Um, they have this place called the Oceaneer Lab. Um, which is a you know kid play area. You can drop off your kids there. Um, you know they get to be watched by babysitters while they adults have fun. All other places <laughs> on the ship, uh, but you know different rooms, different um, Disney themes. Uh, but there's a lot of different relics that are like placed around the area of the Oceaneer Lab that pay homage to Mary Oceaneer. Um, and this is actually where the mission statement is placed uh, that Joel read earlier. Um, the really deep, wordy one. <laughs> so long. <laughs> <laughs> is placed there outside, I believe, the Oceaneer Lab on the Disney Magic. So that, that's a yeah. nice, um, cool way that they Yeah, I'm not reading that. it again. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to go through Rewind that. Rewind it. <laughs> yeah. um, but what's really cool, too, is, you know, aside from Disney um, Cruise Line and the sea, um, we we learned that her second vessel, the MS Salty 4, it actually got caught in a storm in Blustery Bay. And that's how it got marooned on Typhoon Lagoon. And tying back into the storyline of that area, they say that the storm split the ship in half. I don't think it's the same ship as the one up on the top of... No, it's the Salty. It's the Salty yeah, 4. The Salty. They, yeah, it's well, the Salty 4. <laughs> Isn't well, that's that not the one, one on top of the, the one on the t- no. Yeah, that's isn't that like the Miss Tilly? The yeah, Miss Tilly. Tilly. Yeah. So this is a completely separate ship, but apparently it's split in half, and it sent a lot of the artifacts um, flying around um, in you know the the typhoon that happened there, and uh, you can you can find a lot of the stuff like um, in the trees around the area and around the attraction oh, of. Um, What's the attraction? Misadventure Falls. Falls. Misadventure Falls. There you go. And yeah, so you can find a lot of the artifacts kind of like spread around around the trees and then around the area of this attraction called Misadventure Falls. Did you almost say artichoke? Did I say artichoke? (laughs) I love artichokes. It sounded like you were about to say you could find the artichoke and then you like went to artifact. I was like, you almost said artichoke. You hungry? (laughs) No, um... But so, yes, so Miss uh, Captain Mary Oceaneer and Duncan um, have been active in establishing a salvage effort um, in around, you know, Typhoon Lagoon. And I I believe, you know, there's references to Duncan there. And apparently he uh, is preoccupied by the fact that he lost his crackers. I guess he's really (laughs) into crackers like all parrots are. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of a nice tie back into... Typhoon Lagoon. Like Mary, although I don't think she's disappeared like the rest of the 
members is really an active explorer like that, that I've learned. Um, and it's really cool because she, she got to explore it on the sea. So. The thing that I thought that was so interesting about this is that this is the very first stateside attraction that to feature sea that was not added, was not retroactively added. It was the very first one that was created mm -hmm. for sea, which was interesting. I also mm -hmm. thought it was, it, they had a, um, I was looking at some pictures of it and they had like a big, uh, I think it's like a buoy. I don't know. It's like a big thing. It's a big buoy thing, <laughs> but it had Atlantean language on it. So it kind of ties into Atlantis, and it oh, um, yeah. it said like I think it said what I, I come in peace or we come in peace or something like that. But it had like Atlantean language on the big mm -hmm. the big buoy, which is interesting. They've tied it all the way back to Atlantis. Isn't the parrot there too? Yes, there's an animatronic parrot, Dunk Duncan, Duncan. right? Duncan, mm -hmm. Duncan, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did read that um, Mary was actually studying Atlantean, the language. And Ooh, so, oh. Yeah, that's kind of how they tied it into that as well. And what's interesting too is that you can actually hear um, Mary's voice in the attraction spiel for um, Miss Adventure Falls. So. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and then in the same year, right, they had the Abracadabar was also opened over at Disney's Boardwalk Inn. It's subtle, you know, but this is a bar that once acted as a lounge for some of the world's most famous ma magicians and uh, illusionists. Uh, however, this all changed on Friday the 13th, September 1940. You'll never every, guess what happened. Every, <laughs> what do you think happened? What, what could have happened? Where every <laughs> magician inside disappeared. disappeared. Oh, see, I, I thought you were going to say someone, someone was a dick again. <laughs> oh, no. We don't know. I don't know. think these they could have been. In a but, magic box? Yeah. So they disappeared without a trace and have and they, never been seen again. The only thing that's really there, right, is just a Fez. One of the membership Fezes is yes. there. That's There's really no, all that's there. No name mm -hmm. attached to it or anything. We don't know whose it belongs to, but somebody. I think that's the only thing you'd catch going into that bar, that there's anything related to see, is that little Fez kind of on its side and with a logo disappearances. On <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the two call, calling cards of, of C. <laughs> well, they needed some type of explanation, because when you go in there, I'm like, why is there no, like, magic actually happening? It's There's uh, nothing magical that takes place except for the Did your drink booze. not change color? <laughs> did you not get the color-changing drink? I did not get the color-changing wow. drink. Well, that's no. why you had no magic. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Can I add a fun fact about Mary Oceaneer? Yeah, of course. So I had learned that one of the, well, a few of the artifacts in her collection is Scuttle's Snarfblat. <laughs> really? Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. And um, she was able to obtain a, um, Ursula's contract. Oh. That Ariel saw. Were there any loopholes in it? <laughs> I'm sure it was dried out by the time she discovered it, but um, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. Ursula or Ariel? Well, the the contract that Ursula drafted for Ariel to sign. Oh, I thought yeah. you said one of them was dried up. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and then if we go off to 2018, just a few years ago, we had the Tropical Hideaway that opened up at Disneyland, taking over Aladdin's Oasis. And we've talked about this a little bit throughout this, but uh, you know, there was a wall of paddles commemorating different society members. They can be found hung on the walls with uh, plaques containing the sea crest on them. And I'm going to go through them real quick just to name. Well, I don't know if I want to. I'm going to not say these correctly. but So it lists C. Falco, 1831, B.T. Bouillon, 1870, 
J. Chandler in 1882, H. Mystic, 1874, S. Shio, 1910, uh, H. Hightower for 1872, Dr. J. L. Baterista. Oh. He's a, he's a wrestler. Have you heard of him? <laughs> <laughs> so you have Dr. J. L. Baterista, uh, 1906, which Matt mentioned was also in Mystic Manor. Dr. A. Falls, 1903, Professor R. Ballerhimmel, 1904, M. Oceaneer, 1899, M. A. Pleasure, because they didn't want to just put map on there, uh, 1900, and Chef Tendaji. Hey, there he is again. 1913. So you got a lot listed there. Uh, there's not much more than just the paddles, but thought that was interesting that they included well, them at Tropical Hideaway. Can we discuss Bengal Barbecue as well? That was around the same time period, right? Yeah. So Bengal Barbecue, um, so what was interesting I found out is that in the comic that came out, this was listed as a favorite of the Jungle Explorer Society, which was, you know, which is a a splinter group of sea. So that kind of brought all of this in. There's a lot of sea references in there um, that were added for the Project Stardust when it kind of... They took over the shops next door to it to open mm-hmm. it up and add more seating and more room. Uh, as you mentioned, Professor R. Blauerhimmel um, is seen inside um, in a pilot's outfit. And it's the same Blauerhimmel that was in Mystic Manor. Um, and as a side note, Blauerhimmel is German. It translates to blue sky. He was seen wearing a pilot's outfit. And mm-hmm. blue sky, as we know, imagineering term for... Mm-hmm. Just thinking outside the box. So these guys, uh, it's so crazy. And girls. <laughs> um, uh, there was a portrait of the C's founding members, uh, same one that was also in Mystic Manor, mm-hmm. um, with all the founding members. Um, and then one thing that I thought was super interesting is there is a photo uh, from the African Queen movie that's been doctored and adjusted. So it's got Humphrey Bogart, Audrey Hepburn in it. They're sitting in the uh, Zambe Miss the Jungle Cruise boat. Uh, Sitting next to uh, Audrey Hepburn is a little plush of Albert the monkey. And on the boxes in front of them is a picture of Dr. Albert Falls as they are out looking for him when he disappeared. So neat. And I didn't... That's so cool. I just pissed at myself because I did not not know that existed in there. I don't know how I missed that when they did all that. Project Stardust and they opened up the the old stores to make it seating area and stuff. But, uh, so the portraits there as well of all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's how so have cool. I not seen this? I don't know how mm-hmm. did I, no it's, one talked about it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know, but I saw photo evidence of it. So I know it's there. It's there. It's so crazy. That's insane. I want things to open. There's also, so we can go look um, at photos. I know. There was also uh, this article that I was reading. Um, there is kind of like a bag that has letters in it. And they said the interesting thing was, at least at the time that this article was written, is that when they opened it, they could take out postcards. There was nothing that was like specifically related to C, but just kind of like old timey things and events that happened. You could like take out the postcards and actually look at them. Who mm-hmm. knows if it's actually still there or if people have taken it since then or, or what have you. But it's interesting that that was just there and, and available. And I never saw anything about huh. it. What was I doing? What was I doing in 2017? Why wasn't I paying attention? I was going to say, and how you were mentioning, what was what was the name of the other the other group? Oh, uh, the Jungle Explorer Society. See, they should have done like a Marvel type thing because you could have had C, 
and then they should have made the other one saw. <laughs> Wouldn't have been like land, maybe something. Well, it could have been like it could have been Seesaw. like it could have been like the Society of Adventureland Wanderers or something. <laughs> Wanderers. You don't like Jess. What was this? It was interesting because they had to change the name of that because it was going to be in one of the books or the comic books, and they made them change. It was supposed to be C originally. It was, they, yeah, I, f- I forget what it was. I didn't write it down, but yeah, yeah, they did change it. They didn't. They were like, no, you can't call it that. They probably did some master plan, and they're like, no, you can't use C for this. It has to be something else, and that's where the jungle. Yeah. What, what's it called again? Jungle Explorers Society. There you go. The Jess. Jess. <laughs> and then the big one came just recently. Here we had. 2019 with Soaring Fantastic Flight. So Soaring Fantastic Flight um, is basically, it's presented as a retrospective of Camila Falco's life. Um, it's, it's her museum, basically. It's basically a museum. And she invents the Dream Flyer, which is inspired by Da Vinci um, in one of his machines. Um, it's essentially, I mean, essentially the, the Soaring the soaring glider, what have you. Uh-huh. But the queue is the Museum of Fantastic Flight, um, which is full of paintings and sea emblems. Uh, we see that Jason Chandler, he's back. He has signed Camila's, Camila's uh, Certificate of Induction into sea um, in 1851, but he is still listed as the secretary of the society. He has not yet become president at that time period. We don't know exactly when he became president, but... Uh, he's he's currently the the secretary at that yes, point. Yes, he was more. He was the president of late teen, late eighteen hundreds. Yes. So the pre-show is basically kind of the the different. I mean, besides the building, but the pre-show itself has a bust of Aletta, which is Camilla's Camilla's falcon, um, and it comes to life as a shadow and brings to life the portrait of Camilla that is inside this pre-show room. So. The portrait of Camila talks about the things that you're going to see on this attraction and basically gives you kind of the pre-show spiel. I could not understand it because I do not speak Japanese. Um, But it's a very like Hogwarts Harry Potter style portrait that comes to life. It's very reminiscent. Very cool looking. It is. It's a great effect. It is cool. It's really neat. And and things around, the not things, but the the background on the wall kind of comes to life as she's explaining things that are going to happen and you see things kind of swirl around and... Um, it's really interesting. It's very beautiful, really nicely done. But basically, the spirit of Falco is what guides the guests through their attraction, which is pretty much an identical copy of Soaring Around the World. Um, so that, that part itself hasn't changed, but the queue itself has just basically been done to completely envelop this whole idea of, of Camellia and her her love of, of flight and her inventing um, not a dick. <laughs> she was not a dick. No, she, she was very perfectly nice. Perfectly normal, perfectly she nice. She did unfortunately die not soon, not too long after. N- not too long, uh, but no. you know what? Died in eighteen seventy-five. Lisa didn't disappear. She did not disappear. <laughs> you know what? Because she died. Because she wasn't a dick. <laughs> yeah. What if? I guess that's the moral of the story, right? Yeah. Unless, yeah. unless she was taken out by Hightower. Mm, True. Could be. Well, I, so real quick, I wanted the lay of the land. In case you don't know. If you, when you go into D- Disney Sea, you go through the archway, like I said, and then you head to the right. So you're in Mediterranean Harbor. You head to the right, and you kind of go, start going up this little hill. You're going around that little lake that everyone sees in the front. And on the right-hand side, that's where Soaring is now. This used to be just like a, a old, a crumbly wall. wall. Um, and it was kind of weird. I was like, this doesn't 
fit just like this long walkway and there's just a wall for a long time but now there's a very elaborate show building of course that's incredible that has like this town's cityscape almost on the side of it uh but you walk by that and if you keep going straight after that you, that's when you run into the fortress explorations and that's where you have magellan's there too and then just keep in mind right across the way of this lake off in the distance you can see uh the tower of terror harrison hightower's hotel so it's just kind of funny how how much you have all going on right in that that general area tying in all of those attractions kind of with another they all are part of the same universe and i mean like not trying to get too in detail of the actual attraction itself but if anybody has not seen what the interior of this attraction looks like do yourself a favor and google it because we're missing out it's pretty <laughs> i mean at home we walk our, in our little like hallway yeah, I say, like... at home at home we walk into a into a tough shed and over there they're walking into <laughs> a marble a marble palace essentially uh, oh man money i mean that I really covers it. it for the big items for c there's a few other random items uh for instance united kingdom's pavilion in epcot there's a kidcot station it's themed as the library of the royal adventurers society features a society of explorers and adventurers handbook amongst its titles alongside production artwork from atlantis the lost empire mm. and book also uh and books also found at skipper canteen and then there's a few spin-offs for instance, uh, Shanghai had to get involved in a way, but it's not C. I don't know why they didn't make this one C. It felt like a no-brainer. But there in Shanghai, they have the League of Adventurers, uh, which is an adventurer organization featured um, at Adventure Isle there, with much of their history being kind of chronicled in the Camp Discovery attraction. And to, I, don't, I mean, the best way to describe it is kind of like Redwood Creek Challenge Trail on crack. And they actually allow you to do things that are unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> you actually are climbing and doing tightrope type stuff there. And there's a lot of really cool um, aspects to that attraction there. But it's nice that they have kind of this, it's a spinoff. It's not the exact thing, but uh, I'll give a little history. We might as well add some more to it. So this was established in, 19, in the 1920s. The League of Adventurers is a globe-trotting organization dedicated to scientific and archaeological studies and expeditions. In 1930, the League would introduce their Fixed Rope Transit System, abbreviated as FRTS, through an installation Farts? At, yeah, farts. <laughs> <laughs> the farts. Farts? <laughs> I don't think that will work well here in the States. Everything's an acronym. Yeah. But is through an installation at Mount Hua in China to make traversing the mountain safer and easier. During this time, they would also establish a fart system <laughs> in the Himalayas <laughs> to run afoul of the Yeti of the wow. Forbidden Mountain during this expedition. In 1931, an archaeological team for the League and Indiana Jones discovered the Temple of the Crystal Skull in the Lost River Delta. However, they ran into trouble with the temple's booby traps and had had to be bailed out by Dr. Jones. And in 1932, shortly after establishing a submersible program with the submarine Odyssey, they'd be embark on, exped on an expedition to Atlantis for Whitmore Industries. The first time Preston B. Whitmore would go public with what 
1914 expedition really found down there. I don't know the history of this one. Do you know much about it? Anybody? Nope. Well, in, really. in 1935, <laughs> their, their airship, the New Horizons, was driven off course and ended up landing on Adventure Isle. That's where they would end up establishing friendly relations with the local Arbori tribe. In time since then, they have established a base at Camp Discovery to explore the caverns and cliffs of the mountains and work on excavating ancient Arbori ruins and have established a rafting expedition course on Mount Apu Taku because they also have a whitewater or a, a rapids ride at Shanghai Disneyland as well. So as you can see, there's another great big backstory there. It's not C, but I think it's worth mentioning. It should have been C. That's kind of weird. Yeah, I just read something I read online. So I'll, so I'll put some links into the show notes just to give proper credit for this one. Oh, I was going to say that I forgot to mention I thought something that I found out that I thought was interesting was that Dreamfinder is also semi-linked. No. Because <laughs> Dreamfinder and Figment were originally conceived by Tony Baxter to be part of Discovery Bay. Um, but at the time, he called him Professor Marvel, and he would have worked under Jason Chandler. Interesting. I mean, obviously, that ended up changing, but interesting how... Even back then, they kind of had all these layers upon layers, and they all kind of splintered off and became their own different things. Yeah, I do like that. Like, there's a separate, like, organization still, kind of like almost like a rivalry. Well, because I mean, obviously it's Shanghai, but it also, I mean, it's going into like the movies mm-hmm. with Atlantis, and it's also going into Tokyo again. Yeah, so it's almost like it's an like a, a rivalry between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And it still exists within the theme park universe over in Tokyo. Like you were saying, it's not just tied to Shanghai's mm-hmm. universe. It's all of them. It's like woven them this this like rich tapestry of a story. Yeah. Now, since we know that C exists in the Jungle Cruise because Dr. Albert Falls, do you think that the... And we, we suspect that it will come into play in the updated version do you think that it will make an appearance in the movie? I don't. In, like you don't think any in any like. Sense? I don't think they're there yet. I I hope it does, and if it does, I think it's going to be very. I mean, small. even just like a pin mm-hmm. would be so cool. <laughs> yeah, and I only say that because just how there's a good D twenty three article out there that I've been talking about on Twitter, but it's does a good job on talking about everything they're doing to the Jungle Cruise. Um, refurbishment that's coming up here for the stateside uh, attractions. And I feel like they're trying to still separate themselves a lot from that movie that's coming out. And while there may be some little things that uh, are attributed or, mm-hmm. or the same to the movie as to the attraction, I feel like they're still trying to keep that separate for some reason. I'm not sure. Little but Easter eggs. Yeah, there'll be little Easter eggs that they're kind of talking about. But we do know, hey, the... Imagineer in the video first talking about or announcing this new attraction or refurbishment for the attraction has a giant sea brooch on his on his jacket. So it's kind of a no brainer. He was kind of hinting at it online that it's going to include it. And of course, like even the new they kind of changed out scene with the rhino and the explorers on the totem mm-hmm. pole or the yeah. They seem to reference us. Yeah, they're talking about like an artist and scientist and some other things. So they have to be sea members. A bird watcher, right? I think. Yeah, bird watcher. And 
That's really cool because it's um, gonna be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they really do gotta up the presence in Disneyland a bit more in terms of the sea references. There's nothing in California Adventure, like zero. Over by Grizzly Peak, it's begging for something. Like that's the only area it really works, unless you start going to more uh, newer stuff. If you start kind of updating it a little bit, like. In more current times, I'm yes. sure. I'm sure Gustav was a part of C. I was about oh, to say that. But, I was he like, was. but you know, he disappeared. So we'll never know. <laughs> he disappeared right from Paradise Pier. Yeah. Uh, can we? Can we touch on deep Paris? cut, guys? Paris for just oh yeah, yes. Paris. Oh yeah. Well, I was good. I was just gonna say one thing. How you were saying about the Jungle Cruise movie? Like, yeah, I don't want the Jungle Cruise movie to have. I don't want it to be tied in with that. However, attraction. If, yeah, if they but yeah. if they want to do the whole movie, the whole movie's fine with no loose ends. But at the very end of the credits, you know, if Samuel L. Jackson walks into the rock <laughs> and then says like puts puts a puts a C pin down on like on a bar oh top and God. says like I want to oh. talk to you about a a society. I oh, would be so would be into that. I'd I'm... be okay. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I'm really I'm because I'm I mean when Iron when Iron when Iron Man came out, we didn't know where it was going. We no, just, no, no clue. But then, oh, I'm oh. into that, Matt. <laughs> we are so in. I want, I'm in. Samuel, yeah, I want Samuel L. Jackson to walk in in like a skipper's outfit. I'm just... Jason Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> the real. Jason I've returned Jackson. from my disappearance, and I'm here. Well, Derek, talk about Paris. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so I, I just did a little bit of research on, on Paris because, you know, we've been talking about all of these references in all of the other Disney parks. But unfortunately, Paris doesn't really have many references to see, at least not just yet. So they really need to step up their game a little bit with that. But what they do have was interesting. So um, there's a little nod to see in Colonel Hathi's Pizza Outpost. I don't know when this was added, but there's some luggage that's placed at the entrance of the restaurant, which actually was a former Explorers Club restaurant, which was the alternate version of the Adventures Club in Florida. But it changed out to this Colonel Hathi's Pizza Outpost. But what you see there now is just this luggage out in front. Uh, that has a bunch of different like travel stickers stamped on top of the the luggage, and one of them, a, a patch that's like woven onto the the luggage, um, that's that has C um the letters S E A on it, and so that's kind of a little nod to it. It's, it's very subtle, but that's just one of the things that is referenced to C in Paris. Um, aside from that, you can find a lot of the ex, um, logos, the Explorer lo- logo. Within the queue of Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones Ride, uh, the Temple du Peril, if I'm saying that right. You're the one who's and been to France. You're the one who's been there. To say the Temple of Peril. <laughs> Temple of Peril. Uh, I'll do it the American way. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the reference um, from that area of the park. But the bigger one, which is actually pretty cool, which maybe they can kind of expand on, is in Discoveryland um, in the restaurant called Cafe Hyperion. And um, this actually features a, a lesser-known sea member. The guy's name was Captain Brio. And what you'll find in this is just a giant um, hangar building. Um, and within the building is this um, airship that's docked there. And it's owned by this guy called Captain Brio. And his ship is named the Hyperion, which is why it's called Cafe Hyperion. And so it's interesting because, you know, I guess the whole backstory to this... Um, this ship and this captain is that he actually has a movie called The Island at the Top of the World. 
And I've never heard of this one. I, I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but um, I I, Googled, I YouTubed it. I saw the um, trailer for it. It's from the 1970s, and it's really odd. Um, but I I try to search it on Disney Plus. It's not there, so you know, hey Disney Plus, if you're listening, bring it on to the um, platform because I think it'd be really interesting to watch. But you know, he did a lot of exploring mm-hmm. um, on this ship. Went to obviously the top of the world. And um, it was referenced that he is a lesser-known member of C, and so that's, that's kind of cool. how it ties back into. Did he disappear? That's... I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> that that movie is actually part of the reason that Discovery Bay didn't get made because that was yeah. part. Mm. That was part of of the whole backstory of it, and the movie kind of flopped. And they were like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I was gonna say, wasn't the wasn't the Hyperion like the blimp supposed to be like a main like focal point in that plan? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, so how cool that they brought it there too, though. Even though, even though that, even though that movie tanked <laughs> Discovery Bay, <laughs> got a chance to shine in Paris. It's definitely a really nice theme. I mean, I love Discovery Land, and mm-hmm. so yeah, def- that sounds like it definitely goes sea. with. Well, with- that whole yeah. area is just screaming for sea references, for sea, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I can't believe. I mean, I know Space Mountain is still the Star Wars version, but like, how did that not have like? see references in it to begin with and the right. whole thing is just like inventor steampunk right like, well i yeah. mean it was 1992 though so yeah. if that when that all came get out of, get rid of the star wars he wasn't there yet make it a c bring in c bring in hyperion yeah. wow the like seriously the layers of different storytelling and the fact that they have all these different imaginary teams have been able to kind of take these stories and weave them together. But it's such a big thing that they can keep on bringing in more and more. Like I want some, I want some overlays, some Halloween overlays and stuff. And I think there's so much to go back on that they have so much material now that I, I really don't see how they don't do TV shows. I was just to go align to, to go along with Mm -hmm. it. I mean, they can align it so well to new extensive TV shows, it's like the MCU, and they all interconnect with each other, but have their own individuality. I, I think it's really possible. And, and I since would love to see it. Yeah, yeah I think Disney we're Plus. being kind of all-encompassing here, so I figured let's. I'm going to add in a couple other random ones. We have Auntie's Beach House, Alani, uh, which we were talking about earlier. So this is a, a kids' activity area over at Alani. Um, and Matt, oh, you did not go there. Never mind. You were not. You're too old for that. <laughs> did you take your children there, Matthew? <laughs> Sorry. Did you drop off? Though, right? Did you no. drop off ch- other people's children? The closest I got to Aunt Auntie's beach house was a. Uh, there was like a mailbox out front that had a camera in it, and you would like pull the thing down. And you can like talk to somebody inside the oh. play place. Weird. The that, kids. That so no, you could I, check on your kid. Like, no, hey, it was kind like of doing people. in there. I think it <laughs> was a stranger opening a mailbox. Hello, children. No, I think it was. I, if I remember right, I think it was kind of like the same concept of like you know at Knots where you go talk to like was it Sad Eye Joe, but the guy mm-hmm. is like looking at you and like having a conversation with you. Come on, Beth, you yeah. know that. I do not remember that. Beth, it's the guy inside the jail where you walk up to him. And oh you talk yeah, yeah, to okay, him. okay. I Excuse forgot his name. Know. I didn't yeah, know Beth. Oh, oh yeah. No, I remember. I just didn't remember Hold his name. Derek over here. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, think was, I think it was like the same concept. But who's uh, on the other side? Auntie. <laughs> Is it Auntie? It's her house. It's her beach house. It makes um, sense. Okay. Uncle? Anyway. In the mailbox? <laughs> She's just in there. She's tiny. So, 
<laughs> in there, there's a portrait that was once seen in the Adventurers Club and is displayed on the wall alongside a letter from Adventurers Club president, Pamela Perkins. She describes the painting as being of the Pillagers Brigade, um, which we've talked about earlier as being kind of a less eth ethical predecessor um, to the Adventurers Club as well as C, and Harrison Hightower did belong to this. But um, it also has Hightower firsthand tales with uh, Shiriki Utundu. So that's kind of interesting that's in there, and no one is there to see it because, uh, I mean, if it's we go there, we're not able to go <laughs> go enjoy and uh, take a look at these details. Uh, the portrait originates from the Adventurer Club, like I said, where it was originally described as portraying Harrison's fellow sea member, Meriwether Adam Pleasure. Good old map returns. And also at Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar, uh, there's a letter from the director, Vanessa Capshaw, of the New York Preservation Society to uh, Trader Sam about one of Hightower's associates. The associate being Billa Munga Wonga, or Trader Bill, who is described as having been Hightower's right-hand man. And according to this letter, Trader Bill might be the grandfather of Trader Sam. So, hell, we got... Hightower at Trader Sam's too. So hmm. goodness, and he's probably it's... a dick too. <laughs> Trader Bill, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, not also, Trader Sam. No, Trader Sam's fine at Trader Sam's. Um, also, he's linked to the original Adventurers Club because there's letters from a few different members, including Hathaway Brown, who was one of the original members mm -hmm. of the Adventurers Club. Is supposed to be extremely handsome. Mm. That's yeah, he's supposed to be very handsome. Uh, and also, <laughs> also at Trader Sam's, you know what there is. At the Enchanted Bar? Drinks. Yes, there is. There is a drink called the Schweitzer Falls, named after famed Dr. Albert Falls, as well as a bust of Dr. Albert Falls on the shelf. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah just, it's everywhere. Everywhere. It's so And it's cool. all been sitting underneath our noses this whole time. Well, I, I, I mean, I think that covers it all. I'm sure there's some things that we've missed, but I think we've done a pretty good job on really trying to uh, incorporate everything within the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, and we just cannot wait to see what uh, Imaginers have in store for us in the future, and hopefully some of these things we're talking about comes to fruition as well, like the TV shows and other extended universe that I think is possible with this. But hey, thanks everybody for coming on here um, and talking about Sea With Me. Right. Well, again, everybody, you know, hey, this was a lot of fun. I, you know, we, I think we all learned a lot here, to, you know, researching the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. And I think it just got us more excited for the future and made us appreciate a lot of the things that we're seeing at Disney even more. But until our next happy hour, when you aren't able to join us off Harbor and Maine, Please find us online. You can always find our handle on Twitter and Instagram. It's simply at Off Harbor. And our personal handles are also available under the show notes. But always you can feel free to drop us a line at podcast at offharborandmain.com as well. And as always, please don't hesitate to leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcast. Regardless, we just cannot say thank you enough for listening. We really do this not only just for ourselves, because we get a lot of uh, gratification from 
you know, getting our little Disney fix by doing our research, but we're also doing this for you. So we hope you're enjoying it. While no one knows for sure what we'll see or do, I do know it will be quite an adventure. An adventure we will take and make together. See you in the future. On behalf of the birdies, flowers, and tikis here at Off Harbor in Maine, farewell and aloha to you. Stay well and kongaloosh. Kongaloosh! Yes, yeah. I do have it's some information. Yeah, it's actually no, it was, a stage show. No, I was fucking wrong. Okay, go ahead. You were so wrong. It was a yeah. stage show. How dare you? <laughs> I dropped my mic. Continue. I mean, my what? mouse. I dropped my mouse. Continue. <laughs> did we have an ending for that? Wait, I guess we did. Is she, oh, wait, is that it? <laughs> is that it? Dick. At the end. Yeah, okay. I was like, there wasn't really like a... There was nothing more. They disappeared. Okay, so, um, so cool. I, was, I was gonna say also. Do you think? Do you think Jock was a fighter? Do you think he had a gun? Because I mean, is it safe to say we think Jock was strapped? <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> I was like, what dumb pun is he going to be? Here it comes. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It was, it was, it was good. Was it good? <laughs> See, if only I was like. 15 years older you would have seen all of my puns hanging from windows and <laughs> oddly so shaped close. and oddly shaped penis signs on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Salty 1 through 3? Cuz cuz the lid broke. Yeah. <laughs> why was it, why was it salty for? I said cuz the lid broke on the salt shaker. Okay, well, that was dumb. Okay, everyone, that was dumb. <laughs> sorry. Uh, well, there is a young Harrison Hightower. Or sorry. Hathaway Brown. Oh. Is it Hathaway Brown? Hathaway. Um, I already talked about this too much to read it too, and that was during when that era. Is it Hathaway? Ooh, sorry. Oh, sorry. She, she describes the painting Netflix? as being... 